The presenting sponsor for On Education is Schoology. Every day, millions of students, parents, faculty, and administrators from more than 1,600 school districts leverage Schoology to advance what is possible in education. The team at Schoology is passionate about making its users successful, and they know sometimes you might need a little help to achieve your desired outcomes. To help districts find their way to success, Schoology has created Schoology Compass, a set of self-service resources and tools to support school and district leaders in their journey to success. Compass is made up of five district success routes. Each one is designed to advance what is possible at your district. To learn more about Schoology Compass, simply visit Schoology.com. So, I mean, kudos to the investors for not losing their minds on these folks. (laughs) Welcome to On Education. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We're going to discuss Class Dojo's new paid feature, whether we should have classroom rules or not, and Mike's big career changes. We're also excited to have Kelly 80 from Schoology as our guest this week. We're, you were somewhere today. Where were you? I was curious. You were at. You were in the. I was presenting the in the cities. Yep, at uh, this organization formerly known as Ties. It was an acronym, T-I-E-S. And that's actually the name of the conference still. It is the biggest tech conference kind of in our area. So I would say like nice. kind of in the Minnesota, Wisconsin, the Dakotas, Iowa area. Uh, they have that conference coming up basically in two weeks, no, three weeks, uh, the December 8th uh, through 11th kind of in that area. Um, there's a group of what are called key instructional contacts, basically people from uh, area schools around the cities and the suburbs and other areas too, that they drive in uh, to meet together to discuss a variety of, of uh, innovative things that are going on in our schools, uh, issues that we're having and kind of solve problem solve together, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I was there, I used to go there at my former school basically once a month. But I hadn't gone in a long time. And this time I went specifically to present and specifically to present about podcasting. So uh, and really how to get students started with podcasting. Um, Since I presented last week on it, one of the members of the Ties organization saw my presentation or attended my presentation uh, and said, hey, you should come and speak to all of these people. So I did. And and we put together some podcasts today, which were awesome. And they are going to bring them back to their school districts. So that's pretty cool. I, I think that's, that's an awesome way for kids to, you know, an awesome, inexpensive way to be able to mm-hmm. get student voice, uh, empower students, really get a global audience really instantaneously. Um, but yeah, to get students to really do this. Right, right. Yeah. So you were busy today then? Yes, I was. Took off early in the morning, got there. Then I actually came back to school just for a little bit to uh, finish off my day. And then I ran over here, <laughs> which ran is over here, here is my basement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so this, I kept thinking that your Thanksgiving was last weekend, but it's this weekend coming. Yes. So tomorrow's our, our uh, we have a, our last day of, of the week. So we have right. Thursday and Friday off, um, as do most schools uh, okay. in the U.S. So, so Thanksgiving is Thursday for us. And the U.S. Thanksgiving. Friday is Black Black Friday is this Friday. Black Friday, Shopping Central Day. <laughs> Are you going to run over people at Walmart and throw elbows? I don't go to Walmart, but uh, I may. Oh. I don't know if I may go shopping. I, I'm not. I'm not too You're big. Throw elbows somewhere else? No, nah, I'm not too big into that. 
I used to be for, you know, if it was a specific video game was being released then, you know, but they, right. don't, they don't even do that anymore. So, and you no. know, now digital game or sorry, video games are so there's digital downloads. So, yeah. so there, that kind of takes the fun out of that, you know, no, go in and get no a stampede on the steam website. Nah, you don't have to worry about <laughs> not getting the game. Cause you're going to be able to download it anyway. So it's going to be fine. Um, right. uh, but yeah, no, and that I, I guess we should have looked up what is the the big hot items on uh, you know for Black Friday. That's what I was wondering. I was like, oh, I wonder what this. You know how every year there's this one item that people are you know mauling themselves. <laughs> Tickle make, me, Elmo. Yeah, yeah that day. was yeah that was an amazing uh, uh, little toy there. It, it was pretty big actually, and it was expensive too. <laughs> Funny. So. What what do you guys what do you your family like you I assume you're gonna have a big dinner yes what do we eat what do you eat um it's uh we're gonna be with my in laws who are okay. originally from North Dakota so okay. it's a very traditional American Thanksgiving so it's the turkey, turkey and the dressing and dressing. the uh, gravy potatoes. with mashed potatoes. And then my favorite actual thing, you want to know my favorite thing? I actually said it today at, at this at Ty's thing is, um, I don't know if they have it in Canada. They probably do. Uh, there's this, you know, cranberries, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So there's this form of cranberries that's kind of a jellied cranberry. Do you know what yeah, I'm like talking about? Yeah, like a can. <laughs> yes. And it's forms <laughs> like the shape of the can. And yeah, when you yeah. plop it out, <laughs> it looks like jello. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. my my sons and i love that and everybody else finds it like they're like repulsed by it you know yeah but, but we that's our favorite part of thanksgiving by far um <laughs> if i was back with my mom though she would have made uh, a mexican style thanksgiving which would have been like tamales uh-huh. and some menudo if you know i don't know if you know what that is a mexican soup uh but th- it would have been definitely a lot different but yeah no it's cool oh. I, I like i really like turkey so and of course, I like my jellied cranberry. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually make um, like homemade cranberry sauce. Like, yeah, it's fun. I yeah. enjoy that. I uh, my my wife's side of the family has some weird traditions. They they have Jello. They always have Jello. Mm. Is it like is it dinner. that Jello that has like weird like stuff this, in it? No, like marshmallows just, and stuff, or no? Just Jello. Oh, okay. It's really weird. I don't know. <laughs> Other than that, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm like outing them here a little bit. It's really weird, though, I find. But they also would have a ham. So they have turkey and ham because okay. some people just don't like turkey. Sure. Those. So I, I don't know about those people. If you don't like turkey. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right? I just eat the drumstick, right? Like, just give me the drumstick, oh, put it totally. on my plate, and I'll go to, go to town. Yeah, that's my uh, favorite part, too. Yes. Hundred uh, percent. So yes, happy U.S. Thanksgiving to yes. all of. We're you know. we're so thankful that you're listening. Yes. And, yes. And thank thank you to everybody, and thank you to our sponsors, and and hopefully you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving. Yes, very relaxing. Four four days off. That would be that's nice. That's nice. Uh, class dojo. Everyone knows what class dojo is. Um, they actually make a point in this announcement. So they've announced a new paid feature. So this is funny because Class Dojo has never made money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're the a darling of ed tech and classroom management, but they they just like all the other things that we've ever talked about, they have trouble. They've they've taken a long time to find a way to actually 
make money. All of the money they have is from venture capital. Yes. So they are announcing a new uh, a new feature um, that is geared towards home. The parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called Beyond School. So it's basically Classcraft or not Classcraft. That's a different product entirely. Yep. Um, it class- is basically Class Dojo for your house, right? For your house. Okay. So you are incentivizing and giving points to your kids for their behavior um, at home, I guess. And, and what does it say? What it? Oh, it does say what it costs, right? Is it saying seven ninety nine per month? But it says the yes. rate is not final, so they're not sure if they're going to keep it at that rate. Yeah. So they so, haven't set a f- yeah final rate. But so what uh, do you think? And then I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> it's a little weird. I mean, I don't think I I don't think I would ever use it. Um, I don't necessarily i'm not into like um this is very you know pavlovian um (laughs) (laughs) is it i mean is it not a little (laughs) you know so so i'm not into like treating my kids like that i guess in the sense that hey if you take out the garbage i'll give you a point it reminds Um, me of i mean don't some parents already have these up on their refrigerator you know what i mean they have a checklist of chores you know, kind of that yeah. thing. And then they check mark beside the kid, like they get those specific things done. And then if you got all of those things done, allowance then or something like you that. get your allowance or you get your sure. digital time or whatever it might be. Right. And and I'll admit, I guess maybe we tie Isaac, his allowance to like helping out around the house. Yeah. I sure as hell didn't get money for helping around the house when I was a kid. So uh, that was called mandatory. <laughs> right, right. There was it no was questioning the, the system. Do the dishes, kid. <laughs> Clean the house now. <laughs> right. You know where the vacuum cleaner is? Use it. Get it done. Right. Mow the lawn. No points. No points for you. No. No soup for you or points. <laughs> <laughs> your points are a roof over your head. I don't Anyways. know. I don't know how many parents are going to use this, man. Uh, I I actually know of uh, when I was really looking into gamification of all kinds of different things. Uh, there's gamification apps that are free that are for running, for uh, dieting, for meditation, and and actually for this too, for chores. Uh, which can be applied in this kind of same manner, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. The only part that it that that I would say is maybe a little bit different is like it has its own interface, and then those kinds of th- you know, I I could see that kind of thing, and it has a couple of other things in here, like a little reflection tool, and a couple of other things like that. But I, man, I don't know. That's a far stretch for me to think that a parent was going to spend seven ninety nine per month on that. So. If this was seven ninety nine to buy the app, yeah, I may consider buying the app just to see how it is and how it works and how useful it might be. Yes, but what 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 really um, is weird about this is the it, that it's a monthly subscription. subscription. Yeah, like what are you getting month over month that adds value other than just access to the service? Because I, I think that, you know, the model is really strange. A monthly price for something that, yeah. you know, at, at, at home is free. I mean, to be honest, if you really wanted to work your way around this, you pretend you're a teacher, you sign up for Class Dojo, and you, you use it at home for free. Yeah, 
You just you just taught <laughs> everybody how to right. rip this off. Yes, uh, but no, I mean, and like, and I just finished saying there's a bunch of free apps that do this thing. Yeah, like yeah. I, like it's not Class Dojo. You know, it's not connected to the kind no. of the school or whatever it might be. And I don't know so. if this is either. That's what I was wondering. Is there a connection between the the uh, school account and the and the home account and it didn't seem like it was I don't know. you know like they were connected you know what i mean like the same student is on both you know um uh, so yeah right. it's strange um and i hope they do well with it but it it seems a far stretch to charge the parents this way i'll, I'll tell you class dojo is a great product they need to find a way to make money. If they don't find a way to make money, it won't be a great product for much longer. Mm-hmm. I suspect that they're they're investors. So it's usually seven years, like seven years to get out of uh, an investment. So okay. when you have VC, you, you get your million and whatever dollars, okay. and they expect they expect you know you to return that uh, and get out in 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 seven years and. You know, this has been... It's been seven se- years, right? It's been right? seven years now. Yeah. Yeah. So they hadn't even so, thought of an idea till this one. <laughs> right. That's not good. And they're not making <laughs> any money at all. Uh, so, I mean, kudos, kudos to the investors for not losing their minds on these folks. <laughs> I know. Because, um, uh, I mean, $31 million mm-hmm. is a lot of venture capital to to have absolutely no model for revenue i know and the one that they're um, proposing is on the iffy scale man i mean this is it's yeah it's a stretch a little i don't know so we'll see i mean yeah. like i said their 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 product is great at school and and i hope they i hope they make this work maybe they'll have to tweak it maybe they'll maybe listen maybe people will just go nuts for this yeah we could be totally wrong oh yeah let but, you know what do you guys think yeah get our audience to let us know what do you guys think about this class dojo yeah, let us know. yeah if you try it let us know too i i, I can't remember as a parent that would be interesting out. yeah it'd be interesting to to mess around with and 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 play with so uh we'll we'll put this in the show notes like we do with articles and you can you can read about it and uh yeah if you if you mess around with this uh let us know what you think because uh we're, we're interested in uh, in it for sure. So last week, was it last week? We yeah. talked about oh, this the, article that yeah. came out about um, the a, reasons yep. why you would not have student choice in your classroom. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> this is this is what's crazy about ed tech to me. And, and just like, oh, it was so funny because... The article that I noticed today is literally the opposite of that in Mm -hmm. the sense that there's an article on Edutopia called Why I Don't Have Classroom Rules. Yes. And it's basically an article that says, you know, I took away all the rules and I thought my class was going to be a gong show, but it's actually not. And it, it gives my students, it gave my students more autonomy and and voice and in their classroom. And, you know, I think it's super interesting <laughs> that, that uh, I like this kind of model a lot. I, I, I think that students learn better when they're not faced with all of these, you know, barriers to the things they can do and, and how they can do it. 
Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and I, I was going to say it's a bit of a clickbait article, though, because it says little, yeah. why I don't have classroom rules. But really what it's saying is exactly what you just finished talking about that article last week, which was how to empower my students to basically create a yeah. culture in my class so that we don't have to have these dumb little rules about everything, you know, like a list of yeah. don't no chewing gum, you know, the kind of all these rules that we saw in the past, you know, I, I was just thinking about when in my childhood, like things that were just ridiculous, you know, uh, over the top kind of things where, and it doesn't create a good class culture. It creates the kind of this dictatorship. Uh, but this article basically explains how this teacher empowered his students and, and then let them know kind of what the norms of the class are going to be and then reinforce those norms way, way better model of creating a good class culture. But I don't know if he didn't really have class rules though. You know what I mean? Cause like when people look at this article, yeah. they're going to go to a part where it says he has four foundational principles on his walls, but these are great principles, principles that, that if you want to not call them rules is fine. It's just what, like one of them says, yeah. be respectful. Like I've actually seen this kind of list. Uh, when you talk about the best classroom manager, uh, meant people. They talk about, yeah, there shouldn't be all these rules. Now there should be procedures in your class that should be followed. Uh, but those aren't rules. You know, these are the things like be respectful, be engaged, be prepared. And I like the last one, be courageous. And they, he goes into deeper, mm -hmm. uh, you know, focus with each one of these. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with, with what they're saying here is that, that you create a different type of culture uh, when the students are empowered to be part of the decision-making of what are those norms, what are our expectations here, uh, and then making sure that you reinforce them as a teacher. So it is a good article. You're right. It's, I mean, I love these principles. I mean, again, other people call them rules. So um, you can call them whatever yes. you want, I guess. Yes. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But I mean, there's certainly basically this is a pretty strong model for what I was trying to do. Um, you know, he talks about homework at one point in this article, which I thought was interesting and about, you know, the, the chance to demonstrate student agency with the way that you talk to kids about why they didn't do their work. And so, you know, for example, in in with my grade eight project, I was able to let the students know, listen, this time in class, it's your time. You do what you want with it. Uh, if you don't get the work done, that's on you. Um, you know, this is your time to do it. If if you spend, you know, time at home doing it, that's also on you a little bit. Like, But at least they're able to make the decision. Yes. And decide what they want to do. And hopefully one of the things that the best students that I had doing this learned lessons about, you know, just common sense in terms of responsibility for their work, um, where maybe they procrastinated for the first couple of projects or assignments. And then they realized, you know, I'm I could now. use yeah. the time in my class a lot better. Right. And, and I should do that. And so, you know, what we're actually teaching kids through through this type of stuff this you know these these principles is a way to you know model future learning behaviors yes. and future um learning strategies and basically even just ways to live your life absolutely think, think about think about the type of people we want our 
I hate to say it that way. I almost said we want our kids to be, but think about like just even just my son. When I think about the way that I want my son to grow up and the way that I've tried to raise our kids. Yes. And and we've, my, my wife and I have tried to instill values. I think about being respectful to yourself and to others and being engaged, not merely present in the classroom, but present in your life and your home and with your family, be prepared and, you know, do the work that you're supposed to do and be responsible and be courageous and learn to take risks. I mean, if I could give my kids any four values for them to have growing up, it would probably be these four. Yes. So I would add one above all of these ones that should be the, this is the first one that I always talk to my son about that basically it doesn't matter how smart you are. That's what I want to make sure I instill in him that it doesn't matter if you're the most intelligent person in the room. If, if, right. if you're not kind, that the first one should be be kind. And I think that mean mm-hmm. even our president should learn that lesson, that that's the first thing you do when you approach any situation with a person. If you're not being kind, then there's something wrong there. There's probably so, you know, there's going to be something bad about what's about to happen then afterwards. And that, if you start off with that principle and follow it with respectful, engaged, prepared, and courageous, you have a a really, really awesome culture for your class. And and then this can carry forward, like you just said, like maybe even to your school and to your district and have the adults making sure that they follow through with these things too. It's a great article. It was really interesting. And and I I like that this, uh, this teacher, um, who wrote it here? David, uh, I'm going to hopefully say his name is Toe, Toe. David uh-huh. Toe. Um, uh, you know, I think that this approach is awesome. I think, um, obviously, uh, he's doing a great job preparing kids, you know, for real, with real life things that they should actually have. Um, you know, like being, I love, I love being courageous is, is one of those cool. Very awesome. Things like yes. the you know, not being afraid to fail and stuff like that. So uh, we'll, we'll put this in the show notes as well. Uh, it's a really neat article and, and you should go uh, check it out. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some changes, I guess, that are going on with me a little bit. On Education is brought to you by Classcraft. Classcraft is an amazing teaching resource created by teachers. Classcraft is dedicated to making school relevant and engaging to all of our students. Classcraft is proud to announce their Questathon quests created with shared storylines and custom illustrations to bring any subject to life. Every time a teacher downloads one of the free quests, Classcraft will add $1 to the Teachers Are Professionals fund, which will be used to fund teacher requests to PledgeSense.com. To learn more about Classcraft, simply go to Classcraft.com. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. So, I don't really know what to say here other than that. I've, I, I guess I've hinted a couple of times and we've talked about it a little bit, Glenn, yes. uh, uh, that, that I'm, I was getting ready to move on. Yes. It's funny. Cause I'm sitting in my, my office now uh, that I just renovated, renovated. I didn't really renovate. I took everything out and then put it all back in. Sure. Um, Still renovating, <laughs> <laughs> but put some stuff on the walls. Cause I'm going to be working from home, I guess. Uh, so I, uh, Friday was my last day at uh at rhms at the school that i taught at for six years as the computer science teacher uh, i gave them my notice in september so i gave them uh you know i guess I'm almost two months month and a half to to 
kind of figure out how to move on without me. I'm sure that it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, the last week has been, re- I started telling, I started telling the kids about three weeks ago and, um, you know, I told them about two weeks ago that, that Friday was going to be my last day. Wednesday was my last day with students. Uh, cause we had, uh, parent teacher meetings, uh, on Thursday, which I did. And then Friday was just like a PD day. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I just kind of went in and said bye and hung out and, uh, went out for turning your stuff and ball yeah a ball and sushi lunch and uh yeah no it was it was weird the kids the kids were nice everyone was sweet everyone was nice the parents were really supportive but uh yeah no it's time to move on and do some other things i'm excited to be working with um a bunch of folks i i've been doing some work with schoology for the last year or so yeah as a contract trainer so I'm going to keep doing that. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be doing some training on some other stuff, um, specifically related to, I guess, um, Minecraft. Uh, I'm going to be doing some Minecraft Education Edition training um, in a few weeks, I guess, for some friends. Uh, well, not some friends, but for for a school. Yeah. Um, but through a, through a contact. Um, but I guess my big job, my real job, my... I shouldn't say real job, but my full time job is going to be working for a company called Logics Academy. Uh, they are the basically the Canadian um, equivalent of of Wonder Workshop. So they sell all of the Wonder Workshop products, a uh, Dash and Dot, and very cool Q and those products. And then they sell the the Make Block products, which are the Mbot and uh, and those robots. Uh, Cody Rocky, which is a, a newer robot that's coming out. Um, so I'm their, uh, head of curriculum and training. So that's, I guess my new job. And, uh, and so I'm going to keep writing. Yeah. That'll doing lots of writing. Will that be mostly, are you going to have to travel around to Mike for, for mm-hmm. that position? I mean, like, I would imagine like at, uh, different types of conferences or schools demonstrating things or not, or does that the way or teach or training people in? Yeah, totally. So I'm going to be traveling probably once or twice like probably about three or four days a row uh, a month uh, are going to be away. Yeah. Um, at various, um, you know, conferences and, and events and, you know, I'll be at ISTE still and, you know, working with you, but also working with them cause they go to ISTE. Well, they do. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, actually it's funny how I hooked up with logics. Like I've known logics for a few years. Uh, RHMS had done work with them. Uh, and brought them in and stuff like that. But um, uh, where all of this got started was actually me being on the same plane as the CEO uh, of Logics Academy coming back from Chicago. Oh, crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So all of this started with Rami and I being on the same plane together uh, and running into each other uh, in the, you know, in the, in the aisle and, you know, connecting and then chatting for a little bit and, that's how all of this got started. So um, I'll be traveling a bit, uh, definitely um, all across Canada. Um, anytime Logix needs someone to do product training or robotics training or curriculum development with um, any school or board or wherever, anywhere in Canada, that's what I'll be doing. Um, so also working on a lot of new projects. We we got a lot of really cool ideas for things that we'd like to do that they're not doing yet. Um, 
And, and so um, working on some new projects and kind of prioritizing what projects we should be working on. We got some really wild ideas. There's like a, a list, a brainstorming list, and it goes from like crazy to less crazy. Yeah. Well, that's, that sounds like fun though. Yeah. That's awesome. A lot of things to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it's funny. I, I just, I've been saying it a little bit, but like the, the list of things to do is easily like 10 years work. Like we've definitely come up with a pretty robust set of ideas and plans around what to do. And, and, and there's, there's a lot of work, so um, it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's different. It's interesting. It doesn't get me, you know, out of classrooms. I'll still be involved with teachers, but I definitely think that my, you know, the, my teaching experience was great, but definitely my wheelhouse has always been working with teachers. Sure. Um, directly. So, so now I get to kind of do that all the time and, and I'm pretty excited about that, I guess. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. Very similar. I mean, even though it's say you're private organization, school. you're still training teachers. So similar to what I, what I'm working with. So that's awesome. Yeah. And what's nice is that I'll be able to say, listen, I'm, I, at least, you know, cause the two guys that they have about 12, 13 employees, but the two guys that run it, neither of them are teachers. They're neither of them are educators. They're engineers, actually. Um, one, um, so so they've never had like an actual like educator, uh, even though they are, for all intents and purposes, an education company. Sure. Uh, so they've been missing that piece, you know. That so was a good asset uh, for a yes. while. So the the school perspective, the teacher perspective, the 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 principal perspective is something they've been missing, and uh, I think that you know I'll be able to offer that at least, and it'll be it'll be helpful. It'll be able to move kind of some conversations in different directions that they haven't really been able to. They haven't been able to speak teacher before. No, and that's an important um, language. Hundred <laughs> percent, very important you language. Know. So that's that. I I don't want to take a whole lot of time on it. I am excited, actually. I should mention that I am doing some writing um, more than the Ed Surge stuff. uh, For actually, we were interviewed by Dylan Rogers Mm -hmm. uh, from Innovation and Technology, Innovation and Tech Today magazine, and that interview is actually on their website. If you want to go look that up and and listen to it, I think they posted the audio as well. But I I have two articles being published in their January um, edition. Heck yeah. That is so, awesome. So I just, I just finished, uh, I wrote a little one page kind of infographic type article about um, games, commercial games that you can use um, for learning. Um, but like games that you can just buy at home and, and play at home that have educational value. And I wrote an article about um, robotics. So uh, I'm I'm hoping to do some more writing for them, uh, but I, it's not a very popular magazine in Canada. Um, but Innovation in Tech Today is definitely a lot more popular in the United States. So um, hopefully, people will pick that up and and show me pictures of yes them with it because well, that would be, I'll buy a be copy. fun to see. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm really pumped. So it, it apparently comes out on January first. Yeah. Um, so but both of my articles are done. They've been approved. So I'll have two articles in a magazine, which is wild. That's super wild. That's awesome. I have some other stuff that's going on 
uh, that that Glenn would know about, but I'm not going to say it yet. Uh, so so we'll we'll keep it um, keep it there for now. But there's lots going on. I'm yeah pretty excited about the future. There's, there's cool stuff happening. Obviously, we're going to work a lot more on the podcast as well. Um, with me being kind of, I, I'm not going to say I have more time on my hands, but I have different time on my hands. It's it's a lot more flexible and so that means that i can do some different things so we're going to work on some podcast related stuff as well and get the get some stuff that i've always wanted to do with the pod like bumping up the blog and stuff like that as well so fantastic lots going on yes i think that's it i think that's it i don't want to spend a whole lot of time (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome though when yeah no so very exciting uh when we come back uh we're going to be joined uh, by Schoology's Director of Instructional Strategy, Kelly Ady. Stay tuned. On Education is brought to you by Project Pals. Project-based learning has come a long way since poster boards and paper cutouts. Digital platforms like Project Pals have cut teacher prep time in half to allow more time for research and learning. They can either choose from the dozens of projects available in the catalog or create a tailored project from scratch. Project Pals multi-purpose platform allows students to work in real time to create project assets, import media, and save their resources all in one place. Student contribution analytics and a progress bar keep teachers up to date. Solidly grounded in years of research, Project Pals is your all-in-one solution for student-centered inquiries and group projects. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are really thrilled to be joined uh by schoology's director of instructional strategy <laughs> kelly 80 that's a hell of a title kelly welcome well welcome thank to the you podcast. i think <laughs> so kelly i've been working through the first professional development uh schoology compass course uh really yeah. talking with my uh my superiors my uh head of uh tech at our school and our administration uh tell our audience about what compass is and then what can they expect well, Compass is really, it's designed to be a, almost like a success program for districts where they may have a specific focus that they want to really leverage something like Schoology for. And Compass is designed to basically target different district needs and goals into these kind of bucketed courses where customers could then or clients or districts uh, could figure out where were they with that particular initiative or goal, and then how could they maybe leverage Schoology in a way they hadn't thought about to take it to the next level. So, you know, it, it's, and that was a long answer, but it basically is a way to help districts think strategically about how they could leverage something like an LMS to reach some of their kind of larger district goals. We like long answers here, <laughs> Kelly. Why use five, why use five words when you can use 10? I'm, That's the, the, I'm the ideal guest then. Cause I will, I will always use more words. <laughs> uh, so, so obviously Compass is something that um, developed out of feedback and, you know, what Schoology was seeing from their clients uh, in terms of what they felt they needed. Uh, what were clients telling you specifically that maybe brought you to developing this, uh, this new Compass? I think, you know, some of it was what we heard districts asking for, and some of it was things that we just kind of noticed as we worked with districts, especially those mm-hmm. who'd been with us for a while. Um, and kind of get back to Glenn's earlier question about, you know, what you could expect. One of the things that we've noticed over time is that very few districts have a really thoughtful approach to change management. Like, I think they realize it's really important, but 
over and over, we would hear districts talk about the challenges they had with, you know, getting people to adopt or like uh, rolling something out and having it work successfully. And how do we stage this well? And so one of the things we wanted to make sure we, we did was really think about change model first and then put the other, you know, kind of aspects in uh, kind of layered on top of that. So to your question about, you know, what were we hearing that made us really want to develop Compass? I think we heard a lot of districts who would start with Schoology for a specific reason. So let's say they want to do something specifically because they got a bunch of devices. So like, okay, great. We need an LMS and we have these devices. And then it was like, there was this moment of like, but, but now what? Like, what else should we really be doing with something like Schoology? And, you know, the, as right. an LMS being system, I think people were asking us for like, what can we do system-wide with Schoology versus like, I just am focusing on classroom teachers. And that's a super important focus, but I think we were losing some district leaders along the way sometimes. Yes. So Kelly, in the Compass Success Routes, there's a, the first course that's available now is focused on professional development. Was there a specific reason that this route was chosen? Maybe it's, it has yeah, to I do think, with what your answer you know, just was. I think professional learning or professional development or whatever term we want to call it, I think it really is at the, at the base of everything. You almost can't be successful with anything that you want to do with mm-hmm. teaching and learning, technology or not, if you don't have really solid professional learning. So when we thought about the, the success routes that we identified. So, you know, you mentioned the first one that we released was ongoing professional learning. The other four, which were uh, student-centered learning, uh, assessment and feedback, curriculum framework, and then engaged parents and communities, all of those, if you really want to do them well, is going to require some level of professional learning. So we felt like that was a really good base level starting point. And I think the other thing is that, you know, when you have something like Schoology, we, we are so surprised how many people don't leverage the LMS for their adult learning. They're really great about thinking about how, you know, Schoology can support students. And we've had so many people say to us like, oh, wait, you can use Schoology for PD? And we thought, yeah, wow, like you should have your, your adults, your teachers learning in that same space so that they can kind of realize like how powerful it can be. So, exactly. so we start with OPL. Well, it's funny because um, I've noticed, like I've been to a couple of Schoology Next conferences, and one of the things I noticed last year yeah. in particular was how many PD-focused sessions there were. There was a lot of people talking about how to use Schoology for professional development, and uh, it was really neat to see Glenn and I talk about professional development all the time. And, and so it was cool to see how many um, PD sessions there were uh, yeah, and I think PD focus sessions. Yeah, when you look at even like surveys that happen in the ed tech space about challenges that districts face or administrators and their biggest you know hurdle, it seems like professional learning is always, if not at the top of that list, nearly at the top. Yeah. And even our own, you know, we do that state of global, the global state of digital learning survey. Uh, we just finished yeah. our second year. I think that's going to be coming out um, in the next uh, month or two, actually, of all the results. But similar thing where, once again, the top concern of administrators was offering engaging uh, and effective professional learning uh, for folks in their buildings. Awesome. Uh, how's the feedback been? I'm interested in, in what you've heard so far. How has Schoology Compass been received and what are you hearing from your, from your clients and from districts? Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty cool, actually. I mean, we first had a lot of excitement just around those five district success routes that I mentioned. I think that a lot of people's district strategic plans 
focus on, if not all five of those, like most of them. And so there was some excitement just in like having some support, I think, around that. So even before we launched it, we were we heard a lot of like excitement around, I can't wait to see what this looks like. And then when we released OPL, um, I think first we did it uh, in, this is, you know, this is a trade secret. No, I'm just kidding. We had like a like a beta version that we invited a couple of people to just get it in test first to make sure that things, you know, looked right. And we got really good feedback from those folks that we then implemented right away. But then in terms of like what we're hearing from people that are now in it for the real, it's kind of like Glenn is, um, we've heard some really kind of interesting things in their reflection. So there's a, every module, uh, all the district success routes are in the same structure. So there's, you know, it's folder-based structure. Each module has a reflection. And some of the things we've heard is uh, like somebody said, like, I realize that I've been doing this on my own. I've, I haven't been getting any leadership or stakeholder buy-in. And I really have to do that. Um, somebody said that uh, my biggest aha moment was realizing that our PD doesn't have a purpose or a goal. So teachers are uninterested because they don't know why they're even there. And so if we can, with something like Compass, get people to really reflect and think about ways they can do things better, not just in Schoology, but just kind of in general, I think I think that's a win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so as you as you know, I I used to work at a at a actually Friday was my last day. I used to work at a private school um, that is a Schoology Enterprise client. I think probably actually one of the only enterprise clients that you guys have in Canada. And and you know, I I felt like when I looked at this that. Um, that it was really built well for district models and, and and stuff like that. But I'm curious about how modifiable Compass is for clients outside of of, of districts. Um, would a private school, just a singular school um, like RHMS, be able to use Compass as well? Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know why not. Like, I guess when I think about it, um, mm-hmm. a, a private school like that is really. It's just a smaller scale, yeah, than a larger district. So I don't, I don't know that challenges with professional learning or you know with focusing on student-centered learning would be any different. Yeah. It might be easier to pivot and change when you're in that small of an environment. And I think the other thing that would be different is that you know if you were the person that did PD and also was in charge of the device rollout and who also was the parent liaison, which we see in a lot of smaller organizations. Yeah, for sure. You'd probably <laughs> have a lot on your plate, but I don't know that that it would be that different. My hope is that it's really designed to impact an organization, whether that's a, a really small one like a private school or a really large one like in LA. Nice. So Schoology Compass is out now. Uh, the yeah. first module is available, uh, focused on structuring professional development. And if you want to learn more, you can check out schoology.com slash compass. Uh, thanks, Kelly 80 for uh, joining us on the podcast today. That was great. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always great to connect with you guys. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Mike Washburn and my co-host is Glenn Irvin. Do you want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Glenn is at Irv Spanish on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. Our engineers are Jake and Justin at Podcast Production Team. Check out their website at podcastproductionteam.com. 
You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we'd be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost, and this helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Schoology, for supporting us. Check out Schoology.com to learn how they can help you advance what's possible. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome. See you soon.